Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Help on the Way podcast, where we are featuring September 3rd, 1985, from the Starlight Theater. Sorry, why why the woo for September 3rd? (laughs) I like to just throw a woo in at some point during the game's monologue, just just to see if I can throw them off and... I, one sure, of ours. It makes okay. me funny. That when, that threw me off. Truth be told, sorry, it, I was like, well, "What?" I thought he was going to finish the, the date, but he he said he just said September third, and then he made me look like an asshole for wooing for just the random date. See that? Uh, just, uh, we're big fans. fans of, represent. <laughs> I remember where I was on September third, nineteen eighty-five. One of our yeah. seventy-two listeners is like, "You damn right, September third. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy birthday to September whoever's birthday podcast. that is. <laughs> Every week we discuss different September thirds from the last hundred years. Don't get me started. That's actually a pretty good idea for a podcast. From the speaking Starlight... of pretty good ideas of podcasts, Our... <laughs> ours from go the from the Starlight <laughs> Theater in Kansas City, Missouri. It is spelled that way. It, it's not. He's not just putting on. Oh, I am putting on. I didn't even know it was. You're not really that putting on like a <laughs> voice. Like it, it's theatra. It's well, okay, that's how you spell it. In that's England. how it's. Yeah, but that's how, as, England. As, as someone who unfortunately has a degree in theatra. That's how you spell it. <laughs> well, I am your co-host, the game, here with my <laughs> fellow co-host, Knob and Fig. Let's go ahead and share who our favorite Gallagher is. Gallagher 1 or Noel. I like Gallagher 2. Ooh, wild card. Ooh, I like whichever Gallagher is playing for the Phillies tonight. The Phillies. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> This is off by, the rails. This by, the, is, by the time this episode comes out, the World Series will have ended, but we're recording it during Game <laughs> yeah, the 7. the Phillies will have swept Yes, yeah. Series. So, a little fun fact here. We are uh, recording uh, this episode right before Game 7 of the National League Championship Series between the Phillies and the Diamondbacks. Oh, is it not I mean, the World Series? No. It is not. What?! Oh my God! Yeah, this. I've been. I've been. No, it is a big deal. I know it's a big deal. I've just been under the impression that it's been the World Series this whole fucking week. I looked. (laughs) I, in retrospect, have looked so stupid in so many conversations. Yeah, I'm sure New Yorkers are thrilled about this National League Championship Series. I mean, it doesn't come up a lot, but it it (laughs) comes up enough that I've definitely used the words World Series around people who politely didn't laugh at me. (laughs) <laughs> or correct you? No, no, no one has corrected me this whole time. Okay, I'm not going to so let that little, bug me. I have a little Phillies <laughs> trivia here. So the Phillies have been around. They're one of the oldest teams in professional sports. They've been around. They've they've played 141 seasons, and this is their first game seven in a playoff series. Wow. Now, in those 141 seasons, they've only made the playoffs 16 times. So it's not uh-huh. that. Yeah, they're not. It's not that. Um, Random when you hear when you hear it that that way. They're the losingest franchise in the history of professional sports. But go Phils, and we're hoping. Yeah, you you said that, <laughs> not me. 
It's okay. You got to own that history. Like, what can you do with that? That's uh, true. I'm a, I'm a Mets fan, so I get it. Oh, yeah. I actually never knew that they were not in any Game 7s before. Which is the yeah. first one that they've ever, ever played. Yeah, that's... Wow. Um, so. It's quite fancy. We're undefeated in Game 7s. So anyway, uh, hence why we are a little bit silly, uh, and we're trying to uh, speed through this podcast uh, a little bit quicker than normal because we're trying to catch the game. So before we go into our main event of September 3rd, 1985 at the Starlight Theater, we are, of course, going to start with our Channel 6 news segment. And it was a bit of a busy week, kind of, in... um, (laughs) <laughs> Not really. <laughs> the stuff no. we're excited for really doesn't matter. Um, the first thing of the week is Billy and the kids at the Cap Theater. And I'm just going to pass that over to Nob for the uh, report. Nob, take it away. Sure. I, uh, I didn't catch the Billy and the kids shows. I was... Um, my, my show was that weekend. Um, but... I've spoken to folks who, who tuned into the stream and who were at the show. I'm hearing mixed things. I, I rag a little too much on Billy and the Kids on this podcast, so I'm going to try and keep it brief. I, I've heard it was just okay. I haven't heard anybody who like loved the shows. I haven't heard from too many people who felt strongly against the shows. It seems that the general consensus was that they were okay to pretty good and that the Bar Brothers were not the strongest edition compared to previous editions so, this year, like Daniel replaced. Donato and uh, well, Billy and the Kids. They tend to just be the core. What four of them, and then they'll add other guests. It's okay. usually Tom Hamilton, Bill Kreutzman, Aaron Magner, and Reed Mathis on mm-hmm. guitar, drums, keyboards, and bass, respectively. Um, and, and you've, you've learned the bassist name because in, in podcasts previously, you would just waste yes. time until you Google it or something. I, yes, I do. I have learned now that he is Reed Mathis. Um, <laughs> he's good. I got nothing against Reed Mathis. Um, nice, and so then usually in addition to those four players, they usually like to add one or two guests. The last run, it was Daniel Donato as well as... Uh, Kanika Moore and Sierra Hull. Uh, in the past, it was Billy Strings and James Casey. Uh, those kinds of lineups. Um, this time around, it was those four players plus the Bar Brothers. Uh, and I think they've added a second drummer recently. Ooh. My biggest hot take from the Billy and the Kids weekend is I saw Jimmy Fallon. Um, really? sneak on their social media and i am dead against jimmy fallon so i saw that and i was like he was on billy and the kids social media he yes yeah he did like a little skit with them when they were in rehearsal i okay i've been i've been attacked for this opinion all week but i'm going to repeat it again on the podcast so that i can get attacked about it by more people now um (laughs) but not for another week or so those (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, like, Sunday morning, I'm going to get, like, three <laughs> angry DMs being like, what the hell are you talking about? What did you okay. say last week? Those, those Jimmy Fallon sit-ins are always dog shit. They are Terrible. never good. Terrible. But they are always beautiful dog shit. 
I cannot tell you. I have watched. I have watched that J Red video a hundred times. The man is a mess. It is the most off key, out of breath. Hey Jude chant you're ever going to hear. <laughs> Nothing about it is good, and I am mesmerized by it, and I need to see one of these train wrecks happen with my own two eyes. I need to see Jimmy Fallon fuck up a jam band's encore with every fiber of my being. I need to watch him drunkenly fall down in the middle of a song. Um, and for that reason, I'm, I'm never against Jimmy Fallon sitting in with jam bands, but it's only because... I, I enjoy how bad it gets. I feel like as long as you're in New York, that's just eventually yeah. going to happen. I, it's, <laughs> I keep, I, you know, whenever I'm at a show at the Cap, I'm like, hey, maybe. Tonight could yeah. be the night. Tonight is the night. <laughs> it never really happens twice. It's never going to happen seeing J-Rat at the Cap. I can promise you that. Moving on from Billy and Jimmy... Uh, we go on to probably the most viral champion moment of the week. Uh, that is, of course, one John Mayer's Dark Star Into Your Body is a Wonderland Into Dark Star at his what? Chicago show. Um, and he also, I think, played Bertha on that same show as well. Yes, he played Bertha in full. This was just a little Dark Star. So he's just like, straight geez. memeing at this point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's very much got a, a sense of humor about himself. Like, he, you know, he takes his work seriously, but he doesn't take himself too seriously at this point. Uh, and so, I don't know. I, I truly think that Dark Star Wonderland Dark Star is the funniest possible thing that John Mayer could do. <laughs> it is one of those things that we have joked about on online Grateful Dead spaces. I think we've talked about it on this podcast. Without question, I have made yeah. jokes about it in setlist threads. At one point, they right, had a power right. issue in like 2018, and I'm, I, I think Mayer himself made a joke about how he was going to play Your Body Is a Wonderland during the 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 electrical issues. But Dark Star Wonderland Dark Star is truly one of the silliest, funniest things I could imagine, and it truly did make me smile watching the clip. So here's a curveball. Um, yeah. and I was actually you at the it. show. No, I loved it. Um, uh, and I was actually at the show when he made that joke about playing uh Wonderland uh, a few years ago. Oh, um, yeah. it was a Philly show. No, it was a Dodger Stadium show. Wow, you saw Dead and Co There's at Dodger more... Stadium. I was there. There's way a, more to game for. than you understand. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. I went out on a business trip and I double dipped. Secret agent man over here. Oh yeah. Um. Now that Dark Star Wonderland Dark Star is done, what's the next most ridiculous like mashup he could? No, not mashup, but you 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 know what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah, I I don't know anything else at this point is going to be <laughs> a pale imitation of how ridiculously goofy Dark Star Wonderland Dark like he can do. Scarlet waiting on the world to change fire at this point, and it would be silly, but it's it's always going to be resting on the shoulders of Dark Star Wonderland, Dark Star, <laughs> the zenith of John Mayer Grateful Dead jokes. Terrapitation. Who says? <laughs> yeah, like 
He could do it, but it would it it would just I mean, it's just cuz Wonderland is the meme song. When you're doing yeah. jokes about Mayor, that's the one you go to first. Um So it'd be funny, but not that funny. Oh. Um we're all good. Folks, yeah, so John Mayer is playing dead songs on his solo shows. Um, and it almost, I'm not sure if he's playing them every solo show. Um, it seems like every like other night at this point. Yeah, it definitely seems like through my social media, I, I'm getting a constant feed of fresh John Mayer takes of dead songs. So, yeah, uh, did you get you... shown the clip of him, him playing bird song to a bird over FaceTime? Yes, that was wild. Yes, I did. Yes, <laughs> he is. Really is coming full circle that John Mayer. <laughs> uh, but our final bullet point of the week, uh, I will hand over to Fig. Fig, go ahead and take it away. Yeah, so this is a little bit of uh, subreddit chatter. Um, there's not too much going on on the subreddit, uh, except for just a deluge of posts about John Mayer, Dark Star, Your Body's a Wonderland, Dark Star, and reactions Unless to someone that. Got not, not really, actually. Always, and, and they named their dog Bertha or something. Um, actually, I didn't see too much chatter about Dark Star, but I, I heard about it. But, you know, it says something that happened. Um, but there is, and I think we've done this before, there was one of these perennial posts, what is your most controversial Grateful Dead opinion? And those can be interesting, Spurs conversation. And what I decided to do was pull my friends here, Game and Knob, to go through the list and give me who uh, of the of the comments and send them over to me? I don't know which two they are. I put them in, I put them into a, a spreadsheet and I randomized it. So the the game the little hook here is going to be that I'm gonna get, I'm gonna read it and I'm gonna guess who I think uh, gave me that suggestion. So a little bit of a uh, game show here before we get into uh, tonight's show. So let me flip over to my spreadsheet. All right. So the first one reads as follows here's oh, mine well i don't know because uh, it's random right i know uh, I, was, I was just trying to ruin the game as a joke anyway keep going. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh and you you succeeded okay here's mine uh it's the user fled nanders 83 i love that crazy fingers does not translate good live i skip over it almost every time except for when i happen to be listening to 6976 oof Crazy Fingers does not translate good live. I skip uh, over it. Skipping over is a game thing. <laughs> um, Nob. I think we've talked about Nob's love of Crazy Fingers, so I'm going to guess game on that one. That was, in fact, me. Wow. It is. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't skip it. I don't agree with every single word in that comment, but, uh, I definitely prefer if there is a an ideal version of of Crazy Fingers. It is the the tighter studio version. There are some cool jams and some live versions, but they almost always butcher those harmonies. Huh. I, I which feel is one of my like favorite parts of the song. I definitely agree with that, though. Um, I love Crazy Fingers, but I can't tell you one good live Crazy Fingers. Even even Dead and Company Crazy Fingers suck. You know what was a great Crazy <laughs> well, yeah, Fingers? Yeah, Dead and was... Co Crazy Fingers suck. Uh, fare thee well, Crazy Fingers, I think, 
that's the one that stands out for me with Trey. There's um, um, but you're right. I can't really think of one that really, you know, from the dead. But I never skip it, or I never like think oh, about I don't, skipping I it. It's always it's a great song, it, but I don't. Great, pretty song. I wish they jammed out the end more. Yeah. All right, let's move on. So I'm batting. Well, I don't want to talk about baseball right now. Uh, <laughs> o for one. Here we go. You can dislike his tone, but Brent was the most technically gifted singer in the dead. Low bar, though. Oh, I Ha-ha. wonder who. I wonder who did that yeah. one. I'm guessing uh, it's mm. going to be Game, being the resident Brent head. Hmm. That one you was all... actually no. You all correct, sir. Oh, okay. All right, one for one. You want to talk about Brent's? Uh, do you do you agree with the last thing there? Well, Woo! they can't hear that. There's some che- there's some cheering. <laughs> That does not come through. Um, oh, oops. Th- it, yeah, it says low bar, though. Um, I don't agree with that. I, I do think that there's some incredible... I think Jerry's an incredibly gifted singer. I, I think Bobby's pretty good, but Jerry... Seven, like... 70s Jerry can be in the conversation. The big thing with Jerry, it's it's a bit like... The 80s, yeah, was a drop-off. It's, it's kind I think... of like... Yeah, it's kind of like calling The Simpsons one of the greatest TV shows of all time. <laughs> like, yes, if we're only talking about a very specific <laughs> period of the career, like, yes, Jerry is the strongest singer in The Grateful Dead. If we are only talking about like 1968 through 1980, um, I'd say but, 79. Once he had that yeah, laryngitis in January, yeah, yeah. But once but he, he had his moments, her, the 90s. That was 78. The laryngitis. I thought it was. Oh, you're right. It was January '78. Um. Um. Okay. So, game. You want to give us your comment here? Brent uh, was the most technically gifted singer. Technically gifted. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any. I can't be like, well, you know, just fanboying. He, he, just stand, he hits, standing, Brent. You know, Brent. Brent hits the you know, the sonatas or whatever the shit. I have no idea. Sonatas. Uh, <laughs> but, is he driving a Hyundai or something? Yes, yes, he, he definitely would because lifetime warranty. You know, Brent's that Brent's that kind of guy. <laughs> um, but I do genuinely think, and I mean this, that when he sings, that it's the best of anybody on stage, like solo yeah. or when he's backup or both. Any. Okay. Any and and that's not to say like and 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 you're also right, Jerry. Up till 1980, basically up until Brent showed up, <laughs> Jerry yeah. Jerry was you know the best. But then it just so happened, Jerry you know went down. Yeah. Right around that same time. Yeah, free right? basing will do that. And oh, yes, yes, and, and will. Two packs. I think we're three dis- packs of I think we're discounting. Today. The, the vocal prowess of one Phil Lesh. But so I like I I, I thought you were gonna say Vince just to troll I, with me. Well, yeah, no. I thought it was because you know I'll agree with that take, ball. but <laughs> but Vince um too easy to joke about this Bobby is... I can Bobby I can take or leave. It's like he's good. But it's like Bobby's I don't know. on he sounds nice, but he can also sound very bad. Yeah. Like I I, I, can, I don't know if I can pick any particular time where I would think like Brent sounded awful even when he did sound awful you know so I was gonna say besides that 186 show where he 
Oh, Stays okay. on stage and wails. We don't talk about that one. Space. Yeah, besides that one. That uh, one. We we all oh. we all have our dark moments. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yes. Oh, King. Right. Most of ours are not <laughs> memorialized on soundboard recordings. Uh, all right, okay. I'm going to move on here because I'm Next one for one. Context. I got to see how I do here. Uh, we have one from True Forty Two. Jerry saying rap slash hip hop isn't real music is such a disappointing boomer take. And there is a video out there where um, I think it was the early '90s where Jerry did make that take. Um, who do I think did the disappointing boomer take? I'm gonna go that with game could be again. Either of us. I'm gonna go with game again. You are correct. All right. So, well, um, actually, we don't have to do the th- the last one because I know whose it is. Uh, I love rap music. Nice. I I I listen to rap all of the time. Uh, so yeah, I, the, the fact that he thinks it's shit <laughs> kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it might be a sign of the time as well. I, oh, I yeah. you know, I don't know what kind of rap he was exposed to. Um, it, it, even watching that clip, it's very like old man a, grumbles that yeah cloud. it's a little condescending it, it's a little like I, I i hear you it's like papa jerry kind of because it's one of those things where it's if he just said i don't like this that's fine i can't right, argue but he tried to him. explain I can't take that away from it but he said that it wasn't music and i'm like all right this is where you lose me yeah and then he, he kind of went into an explanation that didn't quite make sense either yeah um okay so the last one and, uh, you know, Jay Garcia, known hippie, uh, <laughs> he might have those, those takes from time to time. Okay. Yeah, it, it's uh, just surprising when he worked with the greatest rapper of all time, uh, Pigpen. Um, I mean, I think Jerry's problem heart. with modern rap is that modern rappers aren't telling their audience members to fuck each other enough. <laughs> no, And, and also, know, they, like, they, they changed the definition of rap. It's not just about yeah. just talking on the microphone about whatever the hell you want, pocket pool, That's whatever. True. Exactly. Um, I mean, when is the last time you heard Ice Cube use the phrase "get your hands out of your pockets"? It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a it's, while. It's, 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 rap's really gone downhill, though. All right. <laughs> um, speaking of, it, interestingly, in the second set, uh, there's a love late, and and Bobby does the rap. I, I he does do the rap. Yeah, and it was unfortunate, but. We'll get to that. All right, the last one here, and we're not going to talk about this too much, but because I know it's it's okay. knobs. The band really needed to cut choruses down. Interesting. They got repeated too much and went on way too long. Don't you let your deal go down. Fire, fire in the mountain. Okay. Roll away the dude. The... Okay. All right. Okay. All right. This is just a gripe about jam band music, I think. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. I'm, th- I, I'm taking away your jam band card there. <laughs> Knob. Get, uh, and you, with you that, one dog's in a pile show because you're sick, and then they're taking your jam band card away. I I, I do feel like that Obama's is Obama's like, America. That I do feel like that is like a a ground rule of jam band. It's just to yeah, it's like shit. Yeah, it's like oh, it's they, fine, all power to them. But sometimes their instrumental sections old. were way too long. These jam no, bands no, no. jammed like, too I, much. It's not the jamming that's the problem. It's it's when the chorus is one single line repeated one over and over and over and over. Yeah. And if it's a full chorus, I can even get behind that. But when it's when it's a song like Franklin's Tower and it is just roll away the do, roll away the do, roll away the do, roll away the do, 
You get a Mom, little tired. Do you of it. even like the Grateful Dead? Yes. Yes, <laughs> I do. And I have to defend this point like three times a year on this podcast, but I really like the Grateful Dead. <laughs> I think I think all comes of the up songs a lot. that are yeah, referenced just in that a... post besides Road Jimmy are all very good songs. Yeah. Just as a Gen Zer, I'm I'm sus, as they say, of your Grateful Dead fandom. What but I'm a millennial, hell? so I'm sure other people are, are sus about my fandom. All right, let's continue you before the, you I don't turn see the city. John Mayer and friends ten times because you don't like the Grateful Dead. Jesus Christ! <laughs> hey, I mean, also you could be making just terrible life decisions. Uh, but here we are on a Grateful Dead podcast, so clearly, I'm going to kick it over to Game. Let's jump into the show. I got some baseballs to watch. Oh, I'm I'm batting 750, so I'm doing good. There we go. Um, all it's right. The main event tonight. Boom. Ooh. Uh, the main event for this week is once again September 3rd, 1985, from the Starlight Theater in Old Kansas City, Missouri, on a Tuesday night. Missouri. Uh, set one. They kicked off with Feel Like a Stranger into They Love Each Other. Then they blessed us with a Little Red Rooster into Dire Wolf. Then we got Cassidy, Big Railroad Blues, Music Never Stopped, and Don't Ease Me In. Nob, what were your thoughts on set one? Okay, here's how I beat the great, not liking the Grateful Dead allegations. I really enjoyed set one. I wow. thought it was an absolute blast. You know, it's it's not the most exploratory set. There's no crazy jams or anything outside of a handful of examples. But it's an 85 set one. That's not what you're getting. That's not what you want to get. What you want is a rip-roaring party of a set and one that is about as tightly played as possible. And this is that. This is a set where it truly was hard for me to find songs that I liked more than other songs because everything was played incredibly well, incredibly tightly. Um, yeah, I, I really liked it. Um, I, I might not speak this positively about set two, but I really liked set one. Um, Stranger is a a phenomenal opener here. I, I often with jam bands, a lot of the time with the dead, it usually takes them a couple of songs to get in the groove. Very rarely does the opening song make me go, holy shit, they are on tonight. I usually go, that was good, that was fun, and then a couple of songs in, I will feel like, okay, I really get what we're doing, we're all on the same page, this is a lot of fun. Stranger blows me away right out of the gate. The energy is great, the playing is tight, there is really fun interplay with the whole band. It's just a Stranger I like listening to. Um, It's got a very fun, like, strutting down the street kind of energy. Brent's keys add some very fun textures, and then Jerry's solo at the end just ties it all together. It's really good. Uh, into a, a pretty nice They Love Each Other. It's got a little more of a groove than you usually get out of slow They Love Each Other. Uh, a really expressive solo from Jerry here. It loses a little bit of steam towards the end, but it, it's a very good They Love Each Other. A nice up-tempo rooster. Early on in the thing, I wrote, as long as Bob doesn't fuck it up, I could see this joining the Rooster Pantheon. And I'm going to be honest with you, like, you get a couple of those usual vaguely annoying high notes. I would say that it was a pretty okay Bob solo, 
and I would say that it is a very good rendition of Little Red Rooster. This so this, it made the pantheon of roosters. This is the third song. This is the third rooster to join my pantheon of roosters. Wow. Um, Jerry Solo at the end is killer. Brent Solo is killer. It's it's a good it's a good rooster. Um, then that takes us to a very good direwolf, a boppy direwolf. Despite being acoustic, it still nails that like campfire sing-along vibe, uh, a tight little solo, and then the rhythm section adds a lot to keep this song from ever losing steam. Cassidy is without question one of my favorite parts of this set. The drummers come in hot, the song itself is really good, uh, the, the harmonies are very tight between Bob and Brent, and then it really shines in the jam. I, this, okay, cards on the table. This is a Cassidy that is brought to you by the letter C, without mm. question. But it is a really great example in that jam of everyone building on top of the foundation that other members of the band have laid for them. Every time someone throws out a new idea, you can hear the rest of the band go, Oh, cool, if you do that, what if I do this? Mm. And it really... it I was floored by the fact that the Cassidy was under six minutes with all the places they were able to kind of feel in the jam, but I think that speaks to how fucking fast it was. Um, uh, Big Railroad Blues is really fun. Uh, Jerry mixes up the first two verses, and it's fun to hear him try to recover. Uh, uh, and then Big Railroad Blues is just a runaway freight train of energy. And then I, I loved This Music Never Stopped. I, my first note is Zippy? Boppy? No. This music never stopped is really fucking fast. Oh. Um, and despite that, not a single note was missed. The drummers nailed every hit. Jerry nailed every run of fast 16th notes. It was just crazy good. Um, at one point, instead of saying uh, people joining hand in hand while the music plays the band, Jerry said, or Bobby said people joining hand in hand let the music play the band. And I Ooh. thought that was just an interesting... Profound. It had to be an accident, but it felt almost like an invocation to the muse. And that being said, the music is playing the band here. And despite its speed, the, the later jam in The Music Never Stopped is still able to get to a really sensitive and pretty place. Um, this was a really good Music Never Stopped uh, into a very nice Don't Ease Me In. My only note is, if you're not on your feet dancing during Don't Ease Me In, there is something wrong with you. Um, so, yeah, I cannot speak highly enough of set one of 9385. What did you think, Fig? Yeah, um, I liked it. Uh, I didn't think I liked it as much. What? Now, I will say... <laughs> I will say... A, a breathy end of rom-com yeah. speech about this <laughs> first set? 9385, I love you, man! Um, I will say that this show has probably my favorite Grateful Dead opener of all time. Yeah. Just by song choice. And then my favorite Grateful Dead encore of all time. Uh, the opener being uh, Feels Like a Stranger and the encore being uh, It's All Over Now, Baby Blue. So that it, so the show had that going for it. Um, as far as the show itself, um, yeah, I, I felt like there's some hiccups. Stranger, I just said, was okay. Like, you know, it was, it's a, it was a good way to start. Listen to it a couple of times didn't get any takeaways they love each other definitely agree with knobs take about a great groove 
Uh, Jerry's uh, vocals sound pretty good, and I did like Jerry's solo. I thought it was very fun. Uh, Little Red Rooster. Yeah, I was... Um, oh, I wrote decent solos all around, and in parentheses I wrote, this is, this is loaded with meaning. Uh, meaning that all three soloists actually were pretty damn decent. Um, and the, but, but the best I rated was The King, King Brent's church organ solo. Uh, Dire Wolf was an okay version. Jerry's starts sounding pretty bad. He was having some... You know, it was the kind of like whiny kind of plaintiff uh, Jerry sound that he gets in the 80s. And that was something that he flirted with throughout the night. Cassidy, I wrote, was a good zippy version. Um, I still don't know how to talk about Cassidy uh, all these many years into the podcast, and so I'm just going to continue on with it. Um, You've been doing the podcast for less than two years. Okay, it feels like forever. We've we've listened to a lot of Grateful Dead music. That is true. Um, and I still have no idea how to rate a Cassidy or how to talk about a Cassidy. Um, so, uh, Big Rubber Blues. Uh, this was a great rock version, um, though Jerry always does forget the lyrics. Um, uh, I wrote that this is low-key my favorite of the night so far. And then music never stops. It was just okay. The jam doesn't really go anywhere, probably because they... Sometimes they end the show with Music Never Stops. Uh, this one, they needed to jam into Don't Ease. So I think the jam just kind of transitioned to Don't Ease Me In, which is one that you know usually is just kind of something that happens. But this one was, was phenomenal. I, I thought this was a great version of Don't Ease Me In. Uh, this was kind of the breakdown of Music Never Stopped, and it was an awesome way to end the first set, which um, it seems to me got better. Uh, and I will kick it over to Game. All right. Um, I really liked the first set. Uh, Stranger was good. Uh, really enjoyed. They love each other. Uh, Red Rooster was great. Uh, Dire Wolf was great. Cassidy was okay. Uh, Big Railroad was okay. Uh, Music Never Stopped was good. And Don't Ease Me In was great. Um, really, really liked set one. Not so much oh, on yeah. set two. <laughs> no. uh, all right, set two gave us who we got my favorite song right off the bat, Cryptical Envelopment. Yeah, we got, right. look at that. I practiced earlier today. And we got <laughs> the other one into Eyes of the World. Um, then we got, of course, the most powerful singers, uh, Don't Need Love. Then we got <laughs> Drums. Uh, then we got Nobody's Fault But Mine, uh, Truckin', Smokestack Lightning, Comes a Time, Turn On Your Love Light, and then an encore of It's All Over Now, Baby Blue. Fig, what were your thoughts on set two? Okay, so this show is a bit historical um, in the sense that I believe this was our last ever That's It for the Other One's Sweet knob, correct me yes. if I'm wrong? Okay. That is correct. And and that is cryptical envelopment into the other one into cryptical envelopment. And you kind of get a sense of why. Yeah. Um on this show because the band just didn't seem ready uh for cryptical envelopment. Jerry doesn't really know the lyrics. The band isn't really strong either. However, however they are ready for the other one. It was kind of a night and day kind of slapping the face difference. Uh, mm -hmm. just based on the strength of playing uh, in that one. And actually, that was one I liked a lot. Um, the, and then the final cryptical, I can see why they put it to bed. Jerry had some serious oh, I wrote constipation voice. Like, you know, he had to do 
<laughs> it was like that. It was like, ugh, that's, that, that doesn't need to be heard anymore. And then it just kind of fizzles out and becomes eyes, um, which was a very quick-tempoed eyes. Don't have much more else to say. I don't need love. I wrote, I don't need this song. And apparently neither did the dead, because I don't think they played it that often. No. Um, I like the intro chord changes, but is there a chorus to the song? This is rhetorical. It doesn't need to be answered. Um, Drums in Space, I actually listened and I liked it at first. And um, uh, oh, since Knob will try to kind of uh, make a visual about it, uh, I will say that it reminded me of wading through a jungle, like trying to like get through a jungle mm. with a machete or something. Uh, very tribal drumming. drumming. And um, the Phils are now losing as I'm speaking. Um, Nobody's Fault was okay. I like Brent's solo on this one. Uh, I got a like church organ solo though. Trucking. Um, this was one of the unfortunate sex change jokes, trucking, and that's kind of overshadowed it for me. It's just another trucking otherwise. Smokestack is, I think, the same song as Nobody's Fault but My Own. Um, and, and I just wrote, I would have loved to see whether this was actually on the set list or Bobby just wanted to go back and play his own version uh, of Nobody's Fault But My Own where he sings it because Jerry sings Nobody's Fault But My Own. But when it comes to time, uh, Jerry's voice finally sounds really great. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was a good one. Um, Lovelate, uh, you know, Bobby plays Lovelate quite often of course it's all an homage to pigpen but i'd never heard him do such a pigpen impression like he was doing like the yeah. full-on rap and he was trying to get people to like say hi to each other and you know hit on each other or whatever and uh it was just not great and um uh it's all over now baby blue uh is my favorite encore and did, did not disappoint this time so that's my take on set two kick it over to knob Sure. Um, I, I, unlike my feelings on set one, I would not run through the airport and then yell my <laughs> review at set two. Um, it's always been you, set one. It's always been you. <laughs> That's kind of how it felt. Um, <laughs> it, it, uh, don't get me wrong. Set two is still good. It just is not as good. The, in the way that it was a little bit hard for me to differentiate the good and the bad songs in set one, you can tell the good and the bad songs in set two. Um, yeah, the cryptical was rough. You understand why they shelved it after this. Uh, Jerry gets lost more than once as the band struggles to help him over the finish line. But like you said, as soon as we get to the other one, Jerry, along with the rest of the band, come to life as they are settling in much more comfortable territory. Uh, the, the first jam of the other one hits a really nice peak, goes to a really cool place. A well-timed first verse drop by Bob. I will say that I do wish things kind of got cooking. I wish there was like a, another jam after verse two of the other one, rather than jumping right back into Cryptical. Uh, but Cryptical 2 sounded more sure of itself than the first one did, so I'll give it that. And then that takes us to Eyes of the World, which I thought was really fun. It's very dancey. I think Brent adds a lot. Uh, this is another excellent example of the rhythm section kind of keeping the drive moving forward on this one. Uh, some great Jerry solos. I do feel like the last jam gets a little lost, but in that, they do find some cool places before heading to the next song. 
which I think is just kind of boring. I hate to say that. I always try and have something more intelligent or thought out, but I'm just kind of bored. Brent sounds fine, and I do agree that the like opening changes sound nice, but I get why this song was only played for about two years and then dropped forever. Um, I will agree that drums is very good. Uh, I thought that this was a drums worth checking out. It's relatively short, and the pitched percussion helps keep things interested. It, it feels like there's a, a defined arc and purpose to what is being played. It doesn't... There are some drums where it just sounds like they're hitting drums to make noises for 14 minutes while the rest of the band does drugs backstage or whatever. <laughs> but this is one where it sounds like they are playing drums because they had something they wanted to do on the drums. Uh, and it is really cool and genuinely worth checking out. Uh, space is fine. For the first half, it almost sounds like a scary fucked up eyes. Uh, and then it gets real small and like sinister when it is just Jerry soloing for like three minutes. Uh, I wouldn't say it's great, but it is cool. Drums is definitely the better of the two. Um, Nobody's Fault is a lot of fun. Uh, it's It's also just neat. Okay, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, having, when, when it was Little Red Rooster and CC Ryder in the same show, and how interesting it was that they picked two 12-bar blueses that are so similar to each other to play in the same show. What I appreciate here is that there are three 12-bar blueses. I mean, I guess, eh, Smokestack's not a 12-bar. Anyway. But the fact that Rooster, Big Railroad Blues, and Nobody's Fault all sound so different from each other is pretty cool. Anyway, that takes us to a really tight truckin'. It's a short one. I don't know the last time I heard a truckin' this short. Yeah. The energy was good. I'm with you about uh, cringing when Bobby does the sex change joke, but otherwise, a fine truckin'. Um, the transition into Smokestack genuinely got a laugh out of me, um, and I don't know why, but it was very funny to just suddenly hear Bob go, Whoa! Oh, smoke stack lightning. Um, it it anyway. was pretty abrupt. It's also odd. Okay, I've never understood. They've done the truck and smoke stack pairing a lot over the years. I even heard them do it with Dead & Co. last year. I have never understood why they slow it down as soon as they start smoke stack. I'm always like, keep it in that sort of trucking world. Whatever. Um, yeah. it's, it's a it's fine smokestack but it definitely uh is worth it for the initial moment of what the hell is going on when bobby starts it what were you gonna say Fig? oh uh no it was just like it's an extreme slowdown yes. and, and then yeah. to do that live and and you know to get two drummers on the same tempo and everybody else in the same tempo it, it's it's a lot and I especially this late in the show especially when you're about to go into the ballads yeah Beside the point. Beside the point. Um, despite Jerry's voice sounding rough, or maybe because Jerry's voice sounds rough, this is a lovely comes a time. I really enjoyed it. There's some great guitar work here. Uh, it, it's just very good. It's very felt. It's very, I don't know, the, the feelings and the emotions hit just right. Um, and then, yeah, we get into a zippy love light where Bob is is channeling Pigpen harder than we've ever seen him channel Pigpen before. Uh, I like when he asks the band to wait a minute, and then they don't. They just keep playing <laughs> for a second before they realize Bob told him to wait a minute. Uh, 
And then I like that he just starts his rant with, sometimes you get up here, you can't think of a thing to say. And then he just says a bunch of stuff that his friend said 20 years ago. Um, oh. Yeah, it was a good... I wouldn't go that far. It was a fine love light. It was not a bad love light. Um, I wouldn't rate it highly, though. Um, and then, yeah, that takes us into the Baby Blue Encore. It's, it's a little bit slower than I tend to expect out of Grateful Dead Baby Blues. But that being said, Jerry feels it and sings the hell out of it. And it's a nice way to cap off this show. Anyway, what did you think, game? Uh, cryptical other one. Cryptical was okay. Uh, Eyes of the World I really enjoyed. Uh, Don't Need Love I hated. Ooh. Uh, yeah. It, uh, did you know. just break up with King Brent? No, no. Definitely just a rough patch. Just yeah, we'll, we'll definitely make up. But yeah, that that don't need love needs to be Gonzo's. Um, drums I didn't skip. Nobody's fault but mine was okay. Uh, trucking good, smokestack good. Comes a time, great. Um, here's a controversial dead opinion. I think I like Bobby Love Lights more than I like Pigpen Love Lights. You're out of your mind. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. And you could put that in the controversial opinion thread, and I would downvote you a hundred times. That's so actually a, would make a that's probably a better account. controversial opinion take than ninety percent of what was actually on that thread. So, is that thread real old? No, yeah, I think it just happened today, like twelve hours ago. You're not getting. Oh. I'm sure there's not that much engagement at this point. Oh, I'll, I'll post on there. Hey, yeah, there's eight hundred twenty-two comments. It, so, I'll upvote you, buddy. <laughs> and to end it off, Baby Blue was great. Um, I love when they do Baby Blue, and it was no different tonight. Baby Blue was good. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead here, and I'm standing at my at my studio desk. Let me go ahead and get the show sheet back up here. And standing at my desk. Standing no. at my desk. <laughs> here I am. Crimson wire. I didn't skip drums in space. <laughs> Cause there was no space to skip. <laughs> All right. Uh, Scarlet Fire is, of course, doesn't exist in our show anymore. Um, Book of <laughs> the Dead. Um, well, Knob doesn't like Fire on the Mountain anyway, so. Fire on the Mountain. Fire. You put words in my mouth. <laughs> and I get essays written about how I hate fun. I um, clearly don't still sit with me four months later. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to ask just generally here. Uh, does this show make anyone's book of the dead? No. Set one makes my book of set ones. Um, and if set two in any way, shape, or form lived up to it, I would say yes without question. Wow. But no. Yeah, set one was really good, but set two just wasn't it for me. Um, yeah, which I think takes care of the next segment. Yeah, uh, so obviously we're going to be featuring set one of September 3rd, 1985, once our podcast wraps up, so please stick around. Uh, and who, uh, Fig, I'll start this off with you. Uh, who is your mother trucker? Of okay, is it show? is it okay? Like, are we doing this instead of MVP? Are we are we rolling with the mother trucker? Yeah, I think I'm... you should explain it one more time, just in case anyone is tuning into this episode and missed last week's. 
Sure, yeah, because actually nobody listened to last week's episode. Um, whoa, whoa, 39 just, people are yeah. going to be really mad at you that you've called them nobody. <laughs> All right, well, okay, 39 diehard fans who I love listened to last week's episode, and for the hundreds who did not, um, there were it, it was a late early show, late show situation, and I guess Truckin' was the big hit single because it was a 1970 show, and so they played Truckin' twice, and so we did a little segment about which trucking we liked best, and I called that segment because I'm a very funny person, Mother Trucker, who was the Mother Trucker, which trucking was the Mother Trucker. And then I thought, hey, maybe we could use that instead of MVP. Uh, so we're rolling with that because whatever. That's uh, just a podcast. We can do whatever we want. So I'll kick it back over to Game for him to do his thing. Um... Well, who is your mother trucker? Yeah, don't go to me. Don't go to you. <laughs> no, who is your I was just mother thinking tr- about what to say, not to how to answer it. <laughs> no, who no. is your mother trucker? <laughs> That's a good question. I this is a night where everybody's pretty on. It would be between Jerry and Brent for me. I'm I'm gonna say Jerry, but I want everyone to know that Brent is a, a close second. I'm what actually, God. I, I'm gonna piggyback and agree with you on that. Um only because I really hated that song mm. from Brent in set two. Um other than that, it would be Brent for me, but yeah, Jerry gets it. You know what? Maybe cocaine is the mother trucker tonight. <laughs> that would be fitting. <laughs> you know, um... change mind to cocaine. <laughs> I don't. Th- I didn't think it was that cooked out of a sh- of a show. That did- that did not immediately jump out to me. Oh, you got to listen to that music. Never stopped again. I did though. <laughs> All right. So, Mother Trucker for me. I'm gonna go with the Rhythm Devils because it was actually a drums that I kind of really liked. It was a great night for the Rhythm Devils. Yeah, actually, it was. Um, and also, it's kind of like the edgy uh, comment. Speaking of comments. Game, kick it away. We got one, uh, and a little help on that username. Arcturian? Arcturian. Arcturian? Arcturian. I think Arcturus is a star in the night sky. Oof. Well, that would be fitting. Grateful Dead fan. Uh, Arcturian Ally responded to our Reddit thread. Rough cryptical in this show. Great set list, but the performance is unfortunately subpar. Uh, I will agree with that on set two. Won't agree with that on set one. I would agree. I, I think Arcturian Ally, they get me. I get them. Next week. Oh, Lord. Uh, <laughs> next week. <laughs> we're, spirit. we're featuring <laughs> Say it. April 6th, 1994. Yay. Uh, from the Miami Arena in, of course, Miami, Florida. Uh, it is a Wednesday it's show. A wing dang doodle. Uh, this is going to be dreadful. <laughs> we did have uh, for 494 a couple of months ago. Um, I do not remember what we thought about it. I, I can guess, but... Uh... I feel like 94 is rough. I think 93 is one there you just never know. 94, what? 95, it's few and far between there. What's the notation next to El Paso? On the, uh, uh... Bobby was playing acoustic guitar. Ah, yes, ah, right. ah, 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 
Okay. Which which needs to be noted into the yes. world. Um I'm trying to see what looks to be the worst thing to me of this show. That's the spirit. Um oh it's broken arrow without question. Yeah. <laughs> broken arrow wing. Wing ding go. doodle broken arrow. Yeah, I'll I'll take a I'll take ten. I was about to say a hundred, and then I did take that down. I'll take ten way to go homes before I take a broken arrow. Um, we get them all next week. I do yeah, like Jack Straw, Jack Arrow. You can call it Aces or no, no, oh back to back Jacks. I like that. Nice. Yeah, nice. I like that. I like that. I think they've back done that a couple jacks. of times. Yeah, back to back uh, Jack. Aces eight back-to-back. shows with back to back Jack Straws and. Jack or Rose. Nice. And we're blessed one. with one for this week that everybody will listen to and we'll talk about it in one yes. week's time. Oh God, I'm way looking to go home. forward to it. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and do our bookkeeping <laughs> so we can watch the old fighting fills do their thing. As always, please go ahead and smash that subscribe button and like and share with any and all of your Grateful Dead loving friends and family. You may find us at wherever podcasts are downloaded. However, not one that loosely rhymes with I'm not throwing away my shot of I. Okay, theater so nerd. If you use good game making Hamilton references on our podcast in Year if of you, Our Lord 2023. If you use a service that happens to loosely rhymes with I'm not throwing away my shot of I, you will not find us on that one. However, you will find us on most other major podcast platforms. If you like to get your podcast the old-fashioned way, you may find us at helponthewaypod.podbean.com. You may also email us at helponthewaypod at gmail.com. You may communicate with us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Grateful Dead. You may also reach us on YouTube at youtube.com slash at helponthewaypod. Uh, I do have literally three videos in the pipeline coming as of tomorrow. Nice. So there's a bunch of videos coming. Right. Um, and other than that, that is it for me. Any final parting words from my friends, Knob or Fig? Emmanuel Rivera pops out to first baseman Bryce Harper. Two outs. Go birds. Wait, wait a second. <laughs> and thank you once again for listening to this week's episode of The Help on the Way.
with the show. 
take a short break. We'll be back in just a little bit.